As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Thursday, the 26th of October. I'm Mike Zimmerman, and on today's show... Who stood out in Wednesday's Champions League action? Most here will remember this night as the night that Warren Zaire Emery made his mark in the Champions League. What did Newcastle learn in defeat to Dortmund? It's one of those great lessons. If you make a mistake, if you don't take your chances at that level, you will absolutely suffer for it. And can managerless Ajax turn their horrendous form around against Brighton? Things at Ajax are so bad that fans are now going, we don't want to have the full 90 minutes, we'll try and disrupt. This is the Daily Football Briefing, brought to you by The Athletic. Wednesday saw more Champions League action, so let's get to the goals and results. And who better to kick us off with a goal than that man, Kylian Mbappe. Zaire Emery has shrugged him off. Advantage played by the ref and Mbappe looking to take advantage. Of course he's done that. PSG cruised to a 3-0 win against AC Milan in Paris. The French side move up to the top of Group F, and falling to last is Milan, who have yet to score a goal in this year's competition. The Athletics' Peter Rutzler was at the Parc de France for one of PSG's best performances of the season, including a sensational night from one youngster in particular. The main talking point from this game is without doubt the performance of Warren Zaire Emery, the 17-year-old academy graduate who has really made a mark tonight. Two assists. The first of which saw him shrug off the challenge of, of Reinders, the Milan midfielder. Could easily have been a yellow card, but he somehow stays on his feet, uses his strength, his wonderful on-the-ball ability, tees up Kylian Mbappe, who, who does the rest. Second half, he just sort of ran the show. The crowning moment really being the third goal, where he just drifts away from the Milan midfielder. He couldn't, couldn't touch him, couldn't get near him. Plays a 1-2 with Kang and Lee, gets to the byline, cuts it back. Ramos dummies and Lee finishes. It's a fantastic goal and rounds off what is a really important win for PSG. Luis Enrique spoke about these two games against Milan being like a knockout round tie, particularly in such a difficult group. And so to to pick up another win, to, to banish the Newcastle result was huge. But I think most here will remember this night as uh, the night that Warren Zaire Emery made his mark in the Champions League. Elsewhere in Group F, Borussia Dortmund beat Newcastle 1-0 at St. James's Park, and it was Jude Bellingham's replacement that helped secure the three points. Roy Stamp trying to capitalise, and Schlotterbeck is charging upfield. He tees it up for the venture! 
terrific finish. 23-year-old Felix Nemecha scored the first Champions League goal of his career, and more on that match shortly. Barcelona held on for a 2-1 win at home against Shakhtar Donetsk to keep them at the top of Group G with 9 points from 9. Santi Jimenez scored 2 in his Champions League debut as Feyenoord defeated Lazio 3-1 in Rotterdam. Feyenoord topped Group E after a 2-2 draw between Celtic and Atletico Madrid in Glasgow. Atletico finished the game with 10 men after Rodrigo de Paul picked up his second yellow card in the 82nd minute. Manchester City kept their perfect Champions League record intact with a 3-1 win against Swiss side Young Boys. Goal machine Erling Holland scored twice to keep City atop Group G. Pep Roulette was in full force though with the City manager making seven changes to his starting 11. Sam Lee reflects on the impact that had on their play. Bearing in mind the fact that they probably lost a bit of rhythm because he did and the fact that Obviously, he's resting loads of key players like Foden and Alvarez. There's obviously going to be a bit of a, a downturn in performance. But to be fair, they were pretty good overall. They were much better in the first half. It felt like the, the goal was coming. They did score. They had a bit of a rough patch. And then they, they managed it quite well. Once they brought on Bernardo and Alvarez, you could just tell it, it felt a bit more comfortable. Everybody seemed a bit more au fait with what they needed to be doing. It looked a lot more like the City team from last season. And... Obviously, in the end, that, that got them over the line. Leipzig beat Cervena Vezda 3-1 thanks to a fantastic goal from Xavi Simon. Good try. Oh, my word. An absolute stunner from Xavi Simons. But we go to Belgium for the performance of the day. Looking for the hat-trick here. Fine finish from Evan Nielsen to claim the match ball and to claim the point for Porto. He took it wonderfully well. Brazilian striker Evan Nielsen scored a hat-trick for Porto as Portuguese Giants beat Royal Antwerp 4-1. Also featured in that match, Pepe, who at the age of 40 years and 241 days, becomes the oldest outfield player to play in the Champions League. And that brings you up to date on the key moments from the night. To St. James's Park, where Newcastle struggled to follow up their PSG demolition, losing 1-0 to Borussia Dortmund. The result puts the two sides level on four points apiece in Group F, with Newcastle second on goal difference. Newcastle writer George Calkin was at St. James's Park, and before he finds a place to dry off, he joins us now. George, Newcastle hit the bar twice, but couldn't find the back of the net. Were they just lacking that final product, or was there more to their performance? I think there was a bit of that. I think their first half performance tonight in absolutely sodden conditions at St. James's Park was was a bit disappointing. They came up against a really good side in Borussia Dortmund, we shouldn't forget. But but yeah, I just don't think they quite had the same intensity and tempo that they have recently. And they struggled to find a way through. It was a match of those big chances, big moments, and they just didn't fall for Newcastle tonight. Well, speaking of those big moments, they had plenty of them against PSG last time out. Do you think they struggled to rise the occasion because of so much energy put out last time? And how much of the off-the-field pitch distractions kind of brought them back down to earth? No, I'd, I wouldn't say that either of those things played played a part. I just think PSG turned up at Newcastle and it looked like they were, they were strangers who just who just met at the bus stop on the way on the way into the match. And, and Dortmund were very well organized, I thought. I thought they were very good very good tonight. They knew exactly what they were doing. They had that experience. And in terms of off-field distractions, if you're talking about Sandro Tonali, I don't think so, no. They've, they've just been, they've been a very, very resilient team and club in the past couple of years. They know how to respond well to, to setbacks. I just think it wasn't their night tonight. And I think in the Champions League, 
it's one of those great lessons. If you make a mistake, if you don't take your chances at that level, you will absolutely suffer for it. Now, Alexander Isak went off injured against his former club, and Jacob Murphy also left with an apparent shoulder injury. Can you give us any updates on their status? Yeah, they're both very concerning. Alexander Isak, it looks like a aggravation of the groin injury he suffered on international duty with Sweden. And Jacob Murphy, that looks like a dislocated shoulder. And I think on the face of it, that would be the more the more serious concern. Elliot Anderson also missed out tonight completely after hurting his his back. And that looks like that's going to be a few weeks. So suddenly, Newcastle, they're running out of players in those sorts of forward positions. So, so that's not good news from tonight. Thanks, George. To get more from George and his reflections on the night, Go to theathletic.com or the Athletic app. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. And finally, we turn our attention to tonight's European action with the return of the Europa and Conference Leagues. One club who is not used to playing on Thursday nights is Ajax after finishing third in the Eredivisie last season, failing to qualify for the Champions League. Known for total football, the elegance of Van Basten and Cruyff, and the standard of Dutch football. They now find themselves in uncertainty and survival mode, currently sitting in 17th place, five points from safety. Earlier this week, the club parted ways with manager Maurice Stein after four straight losses in the league. The Athletics' Carl Anka has kept a close eye on the situation, and he joins us now. Carl, last month, yourself and Simon Hughes wrote about how the four-time European champions have fallen so far. What has led to all this turmoil in Amsterdam? Just a complete collapse of institutional apparatus. A lot of the larger problems occurred in the vacuum that was left after Mark Overmars was dismissed for inappropriate misconduct. Overmars was a controversial figure at Ajax, and even though some fans would like to have him back, what's become apparent in the 18 months since he's been gone was he left no handover notes. It, it turns out Overmars is, we often talk with directors football having black boxes or having a special database. Overmars didn't have that. He used WhatsApp. And because it was Mark Overmars, he used that name to open doors. So there was a long time period where there was no director of football. And then the person who came in was Sven Misseltat, who used to work at Arsenal and Borussia Dortmund. Misseltat came in and he is known for being big on data. And he, he pushed forward a, a real recruitment policy to get in young players who are known for overachieving. The good news, if you are a senior official at Ajax was Mistletat's recruitment helped bring down the wage bill. The bad news, if you're an Ajax fan, was you're looking at a squad going, where is the individual quality? Where's the players that can win a game by themselves? So Ajax's squad at the moment, even though it's still pretty expensively assembled, the squad is top five in the league. And then you combine that with a manager who was recruited by Mistletat because again, he was an overachiever. He did very well at Sparta Rotterdam, but perhaps wasn't well suited to being an Ajax manager and you've brought this decline where Ajax are languishing in and around the relegation zone. But also statistically, if you look at their underlying numbers, if you're a fan of XG and all that, they should probably be in the relegation zone because things are that bad. After failing to qualify for last year's Champions League, how much of a financial hit has that been? Huge for Ajax. Ajax, during the years on Eric Ten Hag, tried to brand themselves as the Bayern Munich of the Netherlands. The plan was, we'll win the Eredivisie every single season, we'll be in the Champions League, we'll use the Champions League broadcast money to have a massive financial advantage over all our rivals, and we'll use that money to buy the best players within the Netherlands, as well as some talented players elsewhere in Europe. Now they're not in there, 
things got bad. You also have to bear in mind, Ajax are in the Europa League because of a player that left. So in the Europa League qualifier against Ludogorets, Mohamed Kudus, who's now at West Ham, scored a hat-trick. And that got them over the line. They, they lost the second leg. There's a really good interview with uh, Dusan Tadic, former Ajax captain, who's the pied for Turkey, uh, where he sort of did an interview after Kudus got the got the hat-trick. And he went, oh yeah, of course, I need to be fine because Kudus was still there. Kudus is gone now. So this is an Ajax team that is missing so much quality. And right now, they look unlikely to finish in the Champions League spaces. The Champions League might expand a little bit if you're in the Netherlands. There's a good chance the top two teams might qualify for the Champions League and the third won't be in the Europa League. By this point in time, it'd, be, it'd take a great effort for Ajax to finish top five, I'd say. So not qualifying for the Champions League once is bad. Not qualifying for the Champions League in back-to-back seasons is worse because then the gap between Ajax and PSV Eindhoven and Feyenoord gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So Ajax are now even though they have more money, are trying to play catch-up. Now, Ajax are away at Brighton tonight in the Europa League and then travel to Eindhoven on Sunday to take on PSV. These two huge matches couldn't have come at a worse time. No, no. It's, 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 the, it's the unfortunate thing where Ajax are in such a, a bad state of affairs that there's no such thing as a good match. I watched the 4-3 defeat against FC Utrecht and it was absolutely bizarre. One thing you also have to mention is in Ajax's league games, Ajax fans or a subsection of Ajax fans are beginning to disrupt things by throwing, be it fireworks, cups or pyrotechnics onto the field in, in an attempt to get these games suspended or an attempt to get these games abandoned. So things at Ajax are so bad that fans are now going, we don't want to have the full 90 minutes, we'll try and disrupt. Brighton's going to be a really hard test. Ajax needs something from this to have a chance to get out this group. And then PSV Eindhoven. Is painful because Eindhoven fans will be there, Ajax fans will be there, unless unlike the the classicers where it's only one set of fans as well. This is this is a really bad time for Ajax, and it's not it's not going to get good anytime soon, unfortunately. Thanks, Carl, and make sure to follow Carl for all the details that will unfold. You can watch Brighton versus Ajax and the rest of the night's Europa League and Conference League action on TNT Sports if you're in the UK and Paramount Plus if you're stateside. That's all for today. I've been Mike Zimmerman. Your producer was Abby Patterson and executive producer was Ian McIntosh. Please hit that follow button on your app to make sure you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a review. Tim Spears will be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening and have a great day. The Athletic.